the Building the Blueprints podcast. We're glad to have you here today. We're in episode two, meaning the podcast didn't get shut down. It's still going, folks. This is exciting stuff. I wanted to start off with a very special shout out to Maddie. You know who you are. I wanted to shout you out. You're a true fan of the Building the Blueprints podcast. I wanted to say hello. Also starting off, we have a very special guest with us today. Um, She's one of my greatest friends. She's one of the wisest people I know. I say that with everybody, but she really is, and she's great. She's one of my coworkers. I see her all the time. Her name is Heather Deal. Um, I'm so excited to have her on here today. She's got a really great topic to talk about. And without further ado, here's Heather Deal. Well, hello. I'm here to be interviewed, and I'm a little nervous, but we're going to see how it goes. Um, this is the first in-person podcast episode. I'm excited. We'll see what we'll see what happens. But just for a disclaimer, we are social distance and uh yeah, I just felt like I should say that, but just in case anybody was curious. But anyway, let's get going because this is an exciting topic. We're gonna be what what are we gonna be talking about today, Heather? Independence. Independence on what? On the Lord? In on the Lord. In, in the Lord. Lord. Okay. in the Lord. What a great topic. I, I, I think it's it, it's going to be good. I'm already shaking and I don't know if you can hear it in the mic, but like it's kind of shaking a little bit. So if it gets spotty, like you know that there's something, the spirit is flowing or something. I don't know, but I'm excited. So anyway, all right, we're going to be talking about independence. Very first question I'm going to ask everybody, Heather, what gives you motivation? Motivation. <laughs> this is hard because I always thought growing up, Um, you know, classic love languages, what gives me motivation? Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation have always been huge. Uh, If someone told me something that I really respect, told me I did a good job or like, oh, Heather, you're so good at that. Um, Stuff like that. But uh, in the last uh, year and a half, two years, that's been something that I've realized hasn't really been my motivation because it is so easy for someone to say something that they don't mean um, and to falsely inflate you or give you encouragement. So um, that might be the cynical part of me talking. Um, But words of affirmation have always been motivation for me, but also contrary to my introvert nature is relationships. It's like seeing people that mean a lot to me or when people um, who I care a lot about are excited to see me, stuff like that. That gives me motivation. That's why I do what I do. That's why you do what you do. You get done what you need to get done. I like that. That's some good That's some good motivation. We, we kind of already touched on the topic of what we're going to be talking about today, which is independence and kind of dependence on the Lord. Such a good topic. Can't wait to dive in more. Why don't you just start off, what is the difference of where you used to be and where you are now? And, and kind of just give a backstory of, of how you grew up and kind of the time point of, of when you started your relationship with the Lord. Yeah. So where I used to be, well, I grew up in South Dakota, Shout out to the Midwest, the true Midwest. Ohio doesn't count. (laughs) But um, I, yeah, I grew up in South Dakota on a farm. um, And I was always raised to figure things out for myself, to work hard in whatever you do. Um, If it's not done well, it's not worth doing. My parents just really, I guess, exemplified for me hard work towards a goal. And then at at one point, it was kind of taken away from us. And it was kind of like, wow, well, what was all this work actually for? So figuring out that 
our work while we should have a good work ethic in whatever we're doing, because ultimately we're doing it for the Lord, we also have to make sure that truly our hearts, we're doing it for the Lord and to further his kingdom. Um, and realizing that whatever we get here on earth as a reward from our work, yes, it it's nice and it might be comforting, but it's ultimately not the end all be all. Um, so building relationships with people um, is really what's going to matter because you have those relationships and you have the opportunity to speak into someone's life and live as an example. Um, so I kind of just went on a tangent, but what kind of made me realize that I needed to change or what brought about the change, I guess in college, I, I don't really know what it was. I think it was just a moving away from home. I moved to Virginia so halfway across the country from anybody that I knew and my freshman year of college was really, really hard. And I had to figure out how to truly be independent on my own, but also manage relationships with people who may not have been raised the same way as I was. So figuring out where do relationships actually come into play? Like you can't just charge ahead with your mission and let everybody else fall by the wayside because then are, are you, you need to foster those relationships with people and live in community with other Christians. So my freshman year, I kind of started, I struggled a lot with independence versus dependence versus community um, and like a faith community and stuff like that. And then my junior and senior year of college, I think I kind of came into that more on my own of, okay, trusting in the Lord for salvation of other people and really truly experiencing what it means to not have control over people's salvation. This is going a long different way route, but it's okay. But realizing what it is to work hard and be an example with your life, be an example of your faith and faith without works is dead. You have to show your faith in some way. And I think a lot of that comes through work ethic and showing people that you're, you know, dedicated to what you do, but also realizing that you can't work for your salvation and you can't work for other people's salvation and ultimately you have to put it in the Lord's hands. Yeah, that's some that's some really good stuff. And I relate a lot to that in regards to I kind of grew up in the same way of just like you work hard and, and all that work ethic. There comes a point where it's not what we think it is and like what is the true reward to that? And so let's let's touch on that a little bit. You kind of said that you realized there was a change needed. What was a part of that that was hard for you to surrender of just understanding you literally lived your entire life growing up the way that you did? This was a part of my identity. So like what parts of that were very hard for you to surrender? I think it's very easy to define yourself by what you do. Um, your job or if you're an athlete, you define yourself maybe by your sport or I am an athletic trainer. That's who I am. So I'm always working to prove myself in that, I think. Or I am a student. So I have to be very, very good at being a student because that's who I am. And I think realizing, I think the hardest thing for me to surrender, honestly, is control of feeling the need to control a lot of aspects of my life, whether that is how people see me or how hard I work or how disciplined I am in certain areas. And I, it, it's definitely something I'm not a pro at by any means. I think it's something that I'm always growing in. But one thing that I have learned to, that I have to surrender, otherwise it's I'm going to self-implode, is my need for control. 
and um, that's hard as any gram one, Alicia, you know that. <laughs> um, we like to have order and try to control outcomes of things that we honestly have no control over. We were never intended to have control over um, and realizing that the Lord is um, the creator for a reason. He created things to happen and he allowed them to happen and there's good in that whether we see it or not. And there's good that can come out of chaos or what we view as chaos. And that's one thing that I've really been learning to surrender. How about community? Let's go back to community a little bit. So how would you say that that you've seen a change or how have you gone into control of that? Growing up, so I grew up in a small town, you have your given friends. There's not a ton of kids around. So you kind of grow up in the same community. You don't really think about, oh, maybe... Are, are they really a Christian? Do they really have their own faith? It's just kind of implied. And obviously you, you can't imp- imply that someone has their own faith. That's the point of evangelism and being a witness. But when you grow up in a church, it's kind of easy to, oh, you go to church, you're a good person. So I didn't really think about it growing up because that was just how things were. And when I got to like high school, I finally found some really good friends who we're like, hey, let's actually talk about what it means to be a follower of Christ and to live like we are and not just go to church on Sundays and then do whatever the heck we want on the rest of the week, but to actually implement that into your daily life. And what does that look like? What does your faith look like Monday through Saturday, not just on Sunday mornings? So I think that's where my community started. And I'm still friends and really good friends with those people. And we still talk about it like, hey, how is this going? Or what do you think about this? And actually um, going into college, that helped me because I had those really good, solid foundation friendships to go back to if I needed wisdom and advice um, while I was at college while I was adjusting to living with a bunch of other people who I had never met, who I didn't really know um, where they were coming from on a lot of things. But discovering community as a blessing, not as something that it should be. That's really good. I think the importance of community is being surrounded by a good foundation of people, like you said, and just being able to lift each other up and have people to hold you accountable for things, which is just awesome. And I'm glad that you found that and can continue to find that. So going forward, you found your independence for yourself growing up. You kind of already had that basis, that foundation, and then you found that you needed good, strong community. So how did you find the difference of dependence on your community, the people that surrounded you? people that lifted you up versus dependence on God? Like, when did you realize that identity, independency, everything that needed to fuel you really came from God? When did that come? Ooh, I think it's still coming. I think it started recently, probably within the past year or two, discovering the importance of community and the importance of depending on God. It's, it's independence. Obviously, I grew up being very independent. My parents raised us to be independent. Um, and figure things out and, you know, do things on our own and for ourselves, but also learning how to, you're you're always going to have to be dependent on God to provide because ultimately you can't work for salvation is the ultimate gift that you can't work for. It's just a given that you accept. Learning how important community is has probably only come in the last year or two. And that's, because I did try to do it on my own for 
a long time. Um, specifically, I'm thinking of like a six month, eight month period that I knew was going to be tough and I still decided to go into it. And I was like, oh, I got this. I'll figure it out on my own. And here we are. <laughs> so discovering, I think I got too confident in my independence independently thinking that I was dependent on God. Oh yeah, I'm so dependent on God that I'm fine being independent in this season of life by myself with no community around me. So, um, realizing that God doesn't expect us to live life on earth by ourselves and that he puts people in your life to help you and come alongside of you. And that's the point of Christian community. Because you're not meant to live it alone. Because if you try to live it alone, you'll end up failing, ultimately. Um, and that's not to say that he's going—he's not going to put you in situations where you will essentially be standing alone. But I think to be so prideful to think, oh, yeah, I got this on my own. I don't really need community because I have the Lord. You know, that's not how he designed it for us to stay strong. We're, we're not supposed to stay strong on our own. That's where the importance of a strong family behind you who believes in the Lord or a strong community behind you, friends that believe in the Lord comes into play. Dang, that's good. That is, dang, gotta just like take a step back on that one. I think that there have been just so many good points that have been brought up. So going into it, you figured out the, the importance of community. You can't do things on your own, so you're not supposed to be completely independent. Where does that fall into play for the dependency on your your community versus dependency on God. I think it's a posture of your heart first and foremost and your intentions. Like you can't just automatically when you need advice for something or when you are having a problem and you're like, oh my word, I don't know what to do. I need to figure this out. You can't automatically go to your community of people and ask them for their wisdom first or their advice because we're all humans and there's some, even in the midst of, of faith and following Christ, there is still obviously some, it's, it's not always going to be perfect advice coming from humans, essentially. So I think that's where we have to go to the Lord first and talk to Him and listen, not just talk, but also listen. Be dependent on Him first and then also realize that He's given you a community to also bounce things off of and to say, hey, I'm going through this really tough time and I really need you guys just to be there for me. Not not placing our faith and our hope in the community around us, but placing it in the Lord and using the community as, you know, backup choir, I suppose you could say, <laughs> to the lead singer. It's <laughs> a bad analogy. Dude, somebody <laughs> preach. This man, when I said I was shaking before, I am shaking again. This is literally so good. I feel energized. So like if you guys aren't feeling something, like I'm feeling something like this is good stuff. I kind of just wanted to add some scripture into all of this just to kind of uh, to more of what scripture says about dependency on God. And I, one of the prime examples is Jesus. You know, I, Jesus, all, that is literally all he did. And, and as, as cliche and cookie cutter as that sounds, Jesus depended on God. That's exactly why he was able to do everything he was able to do. That's why he, that's exactly his purpose and his mission was to follow God. And that's why we're supposed to follow God too. And, and that's why Jesus was the example for us to follow. And wrapping all of the, like these ideas into this segment now, it's hard when we become dependent on other people and when we can't find that independency for ourselves because we start to put our faith and our hope, like you said, in other people. And then that becomes just a, a lot of 
unmet expectations and heartache and sadness and and disappointment. Yeah. And it's just, it's not what we're supposed to do, you know? And, and also, like you said, it's just the dependency on God, just going to God first and not then, you know, community to bounce ideas off of. And, uh, but it, that community is going to be people that are going to lift you up and lift you towards God versus random Joe on the street that you just sort of be like, you know what? I'm having a bad day. Can we just talk about this guys? But no, literally, I like that. I like that you said that. And Jesus prayed so much. And Luke 5, 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And then Mark 1, 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. If this was not already an example for people to follow, one thing is just like how much he prayed and kept that direct line with God of communication and just dependency. Jesus, he set the example for us. That was dependency on God. And even John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So the idea of control and like you said, Enneagram one, let's go. It's hard because we we think that we could do things on our own. We think we can control things and there's a sense of comfort in, oh, if I could just manipulate the situation and control it the best way I think is logistically sound, we fall all the time. We're never, ever going to get it right and perfect. That's where all of this ties up together is dependency on God is the only thing that we can rely on. Everything else, we will fail. We will be broken with all of these unmet expectations and ways that we think that we make a better path than God can. How do you feel that scripture has helped shape your viewpoints on dependency on God? Like how has scripture helped you decrease that control that you feel that you've had and gotten away from the fleshly independence that you've, that you had built over time before dependency on God? Yeah, one verse that I actually have always, since I found it, I always go back to as, okay, this is a verse that I really need to remember and take to heart and um, follow is in Psalm 62. And it's actually a lot of the first portion of the chapter. It kind of repeats itself, but verse 5, starting in verse 5, it says, Yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. When I read that, it was my senior year in high school. I was not sleeping at night because I was so worried about this thing that was completely outside of my control. It was just a horrible, it was like a one-week period, and it was horrible. But I was up at night, and I was like, you know what? The only thing that's going to help me fall back asleep is to pray and to read my Bible. So I pulled out my Bible, and that's the verse that I read. And I was like, okay, God, I see you. (laughs) I was like, yeah, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. doesn't say my salvation comes from the work that I do, or my ability to be independent and to prove to the world that I can do it on my own. My salvation comes from Him. And we need to take refuge in that and just let our souls rest in God because that is, that's the only true source of rest and peace is in the Lord. And when we come to rely on Him. Dang! Uh, Heather Diaz, he's a really big deal! No, that's good though. I'm, And thank you so much just for 
for sharing all this. This has been such an exciting episode. It's definitely been, like I said, I've related to a lot of what you've said and ringing a lot of things true. And I've learned a lot going through this. So you know what? If I'm the only one learning something, they're like, hey, that's okay. So wrapping up, what is the best piece of advice that you could give someone going forward with their dependency on God? First of all, seek the Lord. If you don't know him, find him. If you don't know where he's at, just ask him where he's at. Read the Bible, pray, not just praying, talking, but praying, listening, and letting the Spirit prompt you, then following the Spirit, which is easier than said than done sometimes. Find a good community. Find people, not like Alicia said, not just random Joe Blows on the street, but people that know you and know your heart and that can hold you accountable and also encourage you when you're down, that are willing to just sit with you and say, hey, you know what? I don't really know what's going on. If you want to tell me, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. But I'm going to be here for you no matter what. And then, you know, utilize the people that God has put in your life for the season that you're in. And sometimes those people aren't going to be there for your whole life, but they might just be there for a season. And there's a purpose for that too. So live in community intentionally. It might not feel like you always want to live in community. As an introvert, I um, can attest to that. You might say, well, I just kind of want to be alone, but make the conscious choice sometimes to put your own desires at the back and say, hey, you know what? I might not feel like doing this, but in the long run, I know it's going to be better for me if I choose to go live in community and not try to do this all on my own. Also, one last thing, a verse that has kind of been rattling around in my head for quite a while in Second Timothy is Second Timothy 1, 12. And it's kind of talking about how God doesn't give us a spirit of timidity. He gives us power, love, and self-discipline, and he saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own grace given to us in Christ. And then he talks about how he's suffering, but he says, yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. And that for me is just a great reminder of, you know what? I can try to control my relationships. I can try to control other people. I can try to control people's perceptions of me and how they see me. But ultimately, I have no control over anything, <laughs> which is, you know, for, you're like, oh my word, no. Um, but we have to let ourselves be convinced and believe that he is able to guard what we have entrusted to him. But also, on the flip side of that is what are you entrusting to him? Are you going to give it to him and be convinced that he's able to guard it and take care of it until whenever that day is that he comes? Or are you going to still try to hold it close and tight and control it because you don't trust that he has the power to make better decisions than you do? That's maybe kind of a raw way of putting it, but talking about control and surrender and being independent is trusting that God is going to take care of it. Thank you, Heather Deal, for being on episode two of the Building the Blueprints podcast. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for just giving some insight on the dependency on God. Like I said, I learned quite a few things. So if no one else did, at least there's one winner. You know, there's one. 
Just kidding. No, I really hope that that was, that was insightful because I, I really did learn a lot. So thank you so much, Heather, for just being on the podcast. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of other episodes that you're just going to be filling the world with wisdom. I know you give me a lot of wisdom every day anyway, but you know, she's the one I, she's the one I bank ideas off of. You just like, oh man, this athlete's just really, just kidding. Just kidding. For all the athletes out there listening to this podcast, I'm just kidding. We love you guys. Just kidding. You guys are great. Anyway. Anyway. Um, you guys have to have great I know it's, it's horrible. No, just kidding. Just kidding. But any last words? Thanks. Thanks for having me on. And uh, let's try to be more like Jesus every day. Let's go like Jesus. All right, folks. Well, thank you for listening to episode two of the Building the Blueprints podcast. I don't have any ads or commercials or anything. I don't even have an intro to this podcast yet. But uh, if you haven't had a Chipotle burrito in quite some time, I highly recommend it. This is not an ad, but just advice from me today is just go get yourself a Chipotle burrito because that's just a good thing for your heart. If you don't like Chipotle, then there's other options for you. I'm sure you'll find something but you know what the pure happiness that I get to share definitely made my week getting a Chipotle burrito so that's my that's my two cents I guess but all right well folks thank you for listening and tune in next time I don't know who's gonna be on it yet I might just do a little like Q&A with myself I don't know we'll figure it out but until next time thank you for listening to building the blueprints podcast